You can do a lot of good with a cross. That, my brothers and sisters, is one of the most important lessons that we learn from the feast we're celebrating in the church this weekend. Think about it. We are here at Mass today because Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, did something good with his cross. And that's the only reason we're here at Mass today. Without the cross, without the sacrificial death of Jesus, we would be, as St. Paul would say, still in our sins. Without the cross, there is no redemption. Without the cross, there would have been no resurrection. Without the cross, there would be no hope. No hope for you or for me or for anybody on planet Earth. This is why Jesus said in today's Gospel, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, that's a reference to the event we heard about in today's first reading from Numbers 21, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's a clear reference to the cross. So that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. It's all summed up beautifully in the preface of this Mass, which I'll read at the altar in a few minutes, where it says, For you, Father, place the salvation of the human race on the wood of the cross, so that where death arose, life might again spring forth, and the evil one who conquered on a tree might likewise on a tree be conquered. Because Jesus Christ did something good with his cross, the entire world has been reconciled to God the Father. Because Jesus Christ did something good with his cross, we can be forgiven of our sins if we sincerely repent of them. Because Jesus Christ did something good with his cross, we have hope. We have the hope of living forever in the glorious and eternal kingdom of heaven. Now, I mention all this today for a reason. The reason is this. I want to make a point. The point is, what's true of Jesus Christ is also true of us, his disciples. Just as Jesus did something good with his cross, so too we, all of us, his disciples, can do good things with our crosses. And that's really good news, or at least it should be. Because we all got them. There's nobody on planet Earth right now who is exempt from suffering and trial. In this fallen world of ours, everybody has a cross to deal with. In fact, in this fallen world of ours, I dare say, everyone has multiple crosses to deal with. The problem many people face, or many people bring upon themselves in this life, is that many don't do anything positive with their crosses. They only passively endure them. They don't actively and deliberately use them for good, like Jesus did. And that's sad. That's tragic. Especially since those crosses are going to be there for them one way or the other. Remember, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He presumes we're going to have a cross. At least one, always. So how exactly can we imitate Jesus and do good with the crosses that we're currently experiencing? 
Well, one of the most important ways we can use our crosses for good is to allow them to make us more empathetic, more compassionate toward other people who are suffering. I've certainly tried to do that in dealing with Parkinson's disease. Not that I didn't try to be empathetic and compassionate before I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2010. I certainly did try to be empathetic and compassionate. But let me tell you, since my diagnosis, I know I'm able to connect with suffering people and feel compassion for them at a much deeper level than I could before. And that's a good thing. It's one of the blessings God has brought out of this mess for me and for other people, hopefully. Another way to use our crosses for good is to allow them to make us more effective ministers of the Lord's Gospel. A woman I know was recently diagnosed with cancer and she's having a very difficult time dealing with it emotionally and spiritually and that's understandable. That's a rough diagnosis to come to terms with. So one of the things I've done is to put this woman in contact with another woman I know who's going through the very same trial but who's dealing with it at this point very well because of her deep faith. That second woman will be able to help the first far more effectively than I ever could because she's going through the same cross that the first woman's experiencing and because she's willing to use that cross to help this other woman. By the way, this is why I sometimes will ask faithful parents in this parish who have lost children in the distant past to talk to other parents who have lost children more recently and who are struggling to deal with it all. Those parents who have found strength and hope in and through their faith in dealing with the death of their child, they can help other grieving parents far more effectively than I can. But they have to be willing to use that terrible cross of theirs for good by listening to those other parents in their pain and by sharing with them the faith and the hope that they've found in and through Jesus Christ. Another good thing we can do with our crosses is to allow them to motivate us to reset our priorities and grow in holiness. This is something I saw happen to my own father during the final year of his life. My dad, as many of you know, died of cancer back in 1971. What you probably don't know about my dad is that he tended to be a workaholic for most of his life. That's just how he was raised. I have a pretty strong worth ethic. I get it from my dad, no doubt about it. In fact, my father had a very close friend from Pawkatuck named John Sylvia. He met him in the service during World War II. Some of you might have known John. He was married to Tina Trompetto. The Trompettos are a well-known family from this area. Our families, ours and the Sylvias, we were very close. In fact, John was my confirmation sponsor. Tina was my sister's godmother. And so several times a year, back then, we would make the long trip from Barrington to Pawkatuck to visit them. And it was a little longer back then because Route 95 wasn't finished yet. Well, years after my father was gone, my mom said to me one day, Raymond, do you know how tough it was at times to get your father to take a break? 
from whatever project he was working on and to make that trip down to John and Tina's house, even though he loved them very deeply. Do you realize John had to have something lined up for your dad to do when he was there? Had to have something for him to paint or something for him to fix or something for him to build. Your father wouldn't go down just to relax. He'd only go if he could do some work for John, if he could help out his friend while he was there. My dad, God bless him, was a very charitable man. Well, thankfully, during his final year on earth, my father's perspective on things changed, and they changed for the better. His cross of cancer motivated him to reprioritize a lot of things in his life and to make the effort to grow in holiness. Consequently, my dad finally learned to relax and slow down and enjoy his life and enjoy his family. He was no longer consumed with this insatiable desire to work. And quite frankly, my sister and I were the prime beneficiaries of all that since he spent a lot more time with us. In fact, I will cherish until the day I die the summer I had with my father before he left this earth on September 10th, 1971. We spent many a night just sitting out in the front yard talking about all kinds of stuff that we'd never talked about before. What a blessed time that was. My dad also grew stronger in his faith after he was diagnosed. Prior to his diagnosis, my dad did go to church every single Sunday and Holy Day. But during that final year of his life, my dad went to church, went to Mass, pretty much every day, every day that he could, until his disease took over and he was no longer able to get there. I guess you could say that my dad used his cross to teach himself some of the most important lessons of life, which is something else we can do with ours. And that's a great blessing when it happens for us and for the people around us. Two other ways we can use our crosses, and these are the last ones I'll mention this morning, are as sacrifices that we can offer up to God in reparation for our sins and as offered up sufferings designed to bring blessings into our own lives and into the lives of other people. Catechism tells us in paragraph 2487, every offense committed against justice and truth entails the duty of reparation, even if its author has been forgiven. That's the concept that stands behind the penance you get in confession. When the priest gives us absolution in that confessional, we are forgiven. We need to understand that. At that moment, we are forgiven for all the sins we've confessed and repented of. We're forgiven totally. We're forgiven completely. But that's not the end of the story. We still have an obligation after that. We have an obligation to make reparation, to make amends for those forgiven sins. And one of the ways we can do that is by offering up to the Lord our personal sufferings, our personal crosses in union with His. We can also use our crosses by offering our sufferings up like St. Paul indicated he did in his own life. In Colossians chapter 1, it says this, Paul writes, Even now I find my joy in the sufferings I endure for you, for you Colossians. 
For in my own flesh, I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. Do you remember when the nuns used to tell you to offer it up? Well, the nuns were right. Just as St. Paul understood that the Colossian people were being blessed because he was offering up his sufferings, his crosses for them in union with the sufferings of Christ, so too those nuns understood that our offered up sufferings today can bring blessings. They can bring blessings and graces into our own lives and into the lives of the people we love and pray for. The truth still applies. It applied in St. Paul's time. It applies in our time. It will apply until the end of time. Yes, my brothers and sisters, you can do a lot of good, an awful lot of good, with a cross. Jesus knew that, and he made the choice to use his cross to save us and to save the entire world. By the help of his powerful grace, may we make the choice to use our crosses each and every day for our own good and for the good of many other people. Amen.